everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of the Home Hour podcast. This is the show where we talk about your family, your home, food, parenting, and basically everything that happens inside your four walls. I'm your host, Megan Francis, a work-at-home mom of five and the founder of The Happiest Home Blog. I'm glad you're here. So we are about a week and a half into our first um, month of school, and I am knee-deep in lunch packing. Uh, as I shared on the show last week, I am packing lunches for all five of my kids. Um, even the teens, yeah, I realize they could do it themselves, but it's just easier and more streamlined for me to just take care of it because there's so many kids coming in and out of the kitchen, and I don't really want them in there messing with the snack basket all day. So um, there's my justification. But it also means that I have an immense amount of planning to do to get that many meals put together every week. And there's just a lot of details that go into that. Um, besides just making sure to have enough food on hand, I always have to have the right containers on hand. I have to make sure the lunch boxes are clean and I have to set aside time during the day to do it. So this is something I've been working on for a few years is getting more consistent uh, with lunch packing. There's always a time of the year that I kind of just fall off the uh, lunch packing bandwagon and end up having my kids get hot lunch. And I have no nothing against hot lunch, but uh, with five kids eating you know five lunches a week, the cost really adds up and I know I can do better and healthier and less expensive food at home. So um, that's what I'm working on. So I'm really glad to have today's guest. Her name is Laura Fuentes and she is the founder of Momables. Momables is a subscription service that is uh, was intended to help parents figure out what to pack their kids for lunch. It's got you know menus, um, recipes, it has shopping lists. It just makes it really, really easy to do those school lunches. Laura also has a new book out that has lots of great ideas for packing homemade lunches, and we'll talk about that today. And she's got a great blog at mamables.com. There's a lot of great uh, resources on her site and recipes, not just for lunches, but for breakfasts and dinners and snacks. And so today we talk a lot about the logistics of packing lunches, um, keeping things cold, keeping things hot, uh, how to pack lunches safely, especially if you're dealing with a you know a school situation where there's no refrigeration. I That's the situation that my kids are in. So I'm a little paranoid about packing certain kinds of foods, but we talk about that. Making space in the refrigerator, that's a big challenge when you have, you know, more than one or two lunch boxes, especially if you pack the night before, which I recommend because it just keeps your mornings a little more calm and orderly. Um, so we talk about all that stuff, plus her book and her upcoming book that's coming out, um, I think, next year, and also her appearance on Food Network. Uh, Laura was actually on a uh kind of reality contest-based show over the summer, and we talk about that experience as well. So Laura is a great guest, and I know you're going to like her a lot. Um, Also, I'm giving away a membership, a three-month subscription to Momables, which, um, again, is the subscription-based program we were talking about earlier. That's a $24 value. So you're definitely going to want to check the show notes um, for information about how to enter that contest. The show notes will be at thehappiesthome.com backslash episode 35. Okay, here's my interview with Laura. Hey, Laura, so glad to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me on today, Megan. I'm so excited. I am too. So I have to ask, because you are the school lunch maven, um, how is your back to school season going so far? You know what? We're adjusting. Um, that will be the best word. Uh, our issues are not with lunch packing, but figuring out pickup logistics, after school activities, um, three kids, two different places, you know, so uh, working full time. That That's really, you know, my our logistics are the hardest part. The food's easy. Yeah. Well, how what uh, grades are your kids in this year? So my oldest, she's in third grade, then I have a first grader, and then I have a, my two and a half year old goes to preschool four days a week. And is the preschool a full day program or is it a half day? Yeah. So luckily this is a full day program oh, this okay. year. Um, <laughs> so it's great because, you know, it's a little bit less picking up that I have mm-hmm. to do, but, um, you know, it, it's hard because he's so little and I have that mom guilt and, you yeah. know, 
I know. And I, and uh, I was saying in the last episode that up until a few years ago, our district did half day kindergarten. And I was really bummed when they initially, when they let it go, I was really bummed. They went to full day. But now that my youngest is in full day kindergarten, man, I am so glad I don't have to go because I'd be going to pick her up right now. It would just chop my day right in half. You know, it is, it is, I feel bad because it's a long day for her, but at the same time, gosh, it makes my life easier. <laughs> oh, totally. And I think yeah. a lot of parents can sympathize with this because you're yeah. like, oh, that extra two hours really allows you to finish your day. Right. Absolutely. And not to do all the driving around, like the interrupting, you know, your day and then driving and then driving again later. It's just a lot. So. Yep. I totally get it. So Laura and I got to know each other a few years ago. I think I did a giveaway on my blog um, of a Mama Bowls subscription. And Mama Bowls is Laura's uh, is it's a well you can tell it better but it's a, basically a subscription kind of like an emails or something like that but specifically for school lunches so there's the recipes and the ingredient list Laura you can talk better about it than I can but just describe it in a nutshell yeah so what Mama Bulls does is uh, we help parents pack fresh lunches and meals their kids you know kids will love and um, this year we actually relaunched with a three lunch uh, recipe and then two family sized meals which would either be a dinner solution or um, hot lunch or for the entire family. So that kind of gives you like that family-sized portion for everyone to take uh, meals to school, and our members really love that. Um, and it's delivered via email every week with a prep-ahead sheet so you can, you know, pre-pack your lunches or at least pre-assemble them the night before while mm-hmm. your kitchen already looks like it exploded from dinner, <laughs> right? And, yeah. Um, and then, of course, a shopping list, uh specific for that. And we offer a classic plan, which is for most, you know, 80% of everyone out there who, you know, they have no dietary restrictions, just want to eat, wants to eat more health, fresh foods, real food, um, streamline their kitchen. And then this year we launched a grain-free meal plan for our families that really struggle um, with uh, solutions for their kids who have um, grain, in- grain intolerances or gluten allergies, corn, soy, yeah. uh, dairy and all of that. So we really take into account, uh, you know, that what many families struggle with is when, you know, you have to omit certain foods and you, you run out of ideas really quickly. So I have to tell you, so this is the very first time I am packing five lunches a day, <laughs> uh, which is kind of crazy. And I know a lot of people are like, why are you still packing your high schoolers lunches? Mostly, honestly, it's because to me, it's easier just to do all of them than yeah. to do like the kindergartners and the third graders and let the other kids do their own. I feel like for me, just get it all done. And I, and I make them help and they are part of the process. But to me, it just makes a lot more sense. Sometimes when you have a big family, you kind of have to think a little differently, I think. Right. And so, so you create an assembly line anyway. Exactly. Three, what's three yes. or five? Like, and, yeah. and honestly, I don't want like, you know, I don't want the kids wandering in the kitchen at different times, getting everything out, you know, making a mess, then like putting it all away again. I'd rather have it just all at once and then I'll make them clean up. That's their job. But so what I'm finding is the challenge for me, it's never really finding the time to pack the lunch as a challenge because, you know, I, I like to do it like when the kids get home from school, because that's a natural break and I stop working. I want to talk to them. We all kind of commune around the kitchen and we do it then. And that's fine. But for me, it becomes logistical. So like the issues I have are a finding space in my fridge to store all these packed lunches is becoming a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and B, we don't have refrigeration or cooking um, or you know heating up services at the school. So basically, they just get what they get. You know, and yep. it's like managing all those moving parts: the ice pack or you know like the thermos, like having multiple thermoses and wondering if that's actually going to keep stuff warm. And so I would love it if you. I know a lot of parents are right where I am. <laughs> And I would love it if you could give some tips dealing with that kind of thing. Sure. So let's start with the um, packing as a, in a general sense. Uh, you know, for, for a family of five, it's pretty difficult. I mean, I pack like you five lunches every night. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, like, I, and that includes, you know, my husband's lunch and my lunch and then the three kids. So, um, and in addition to that, I have uh, two breakfasts and three uh, four afternoon snacks. So uh, yeah, there's oh, a gosh, lot the afternoon of snack thing too. <laughs> yeah. So we have a lot of containers and so I, I, I sympathize. And so, um, our refrigerator also, you know, gets full really quickly. Um, I found that the more consistent, something that helps a lot is consistent lunch containers, meaning same size so they can all stack up well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, basically my entire top shelf is taken up with lunch containers the night before, um, on my kitchen island, I leave out what's non-essential to packing. As a matter of fact, 
I line up all the lunch bags and I put the snacks, like all this stuff that does not need to be refrigerator refrigerated goes in there. Um, just so I don't have to look for it anywhere. That includes like their water bottles. Like, um, I use stainless steel water bottles Mm -hmm. with ice, but I don't fill them up the night before. Like I just leave them on the counter and I know, okay, right in front of their bag. So it's almost like, okay, food, snacks, drinks, and then, you know, silverware, like all of that gets packed the night before. And so I simplify the, oh, my kid forgot this or that. Yeah. But the refrigerator, it's really tight, like Sunday and Monday night, especially because I do my grocery shopping on Sunday. So mm-hmm. that's when my fridge is most full of food. And um, so, yeah, I just, I make, I literally, I will put a lunchbox in the produce drawer, another one in the back, you know, um, anywhere I can fit it. And so, and mm-hmm. I typically pack at least two, two nights before. So um, what I found that helps is can like, um, containers that stack up well because that way you can push them all to the back or on the side um and then I also use a dry erase pen um that I um that I marked straight in the plastic container or Mm -hmm. the um or I have a little dry erase sticky on my metal ones that it's where I write directions for me so basically if my daughter's sandwich needs to be grilled in the morning I'll take a dry erase and I put grill or and I say needs uh sauce or cheese or freezer which makes me look something in the freezer probably like the cheese stick is in the freezer so I kind of write myself quick cues at night with a dry erase pen so um I don't forget anything but yeah as far as like running out of space that's really common um I have a garage fridge but that I can't use that during the summertime because it's still too it's not cold enough Mm -hmm. uh, for anything but drinks so basically sort of like the Tokyo um uh, metro, I was going to say Metro, but the Tokyo uh, subway, you just got to push your food in and close the door, you know? <laughs> Do you have a favorite lunchbox system or type of lunchbox that you use? So I really, um, for everyday packing, we I would say 90% of the time I use something called easy lunchboxes. Um, they're st- mostly because they stack inside of each of, you know, each container stacks up inside of each other. So it doesn't take up a lot of room in my mm. uh, container cabinet. So are these the ones that. that have the multicolored tops? Like there's yeah. four in a set. I used to have those and I found they worked really great for the little kids, but became not as great for the bigger kids. It, it didn't feel like they fit enough food. Um, I don't know. I pack my husband's food in there, but I, then okay. again, he takes like two. So, um, oh, okay. That makes sense. And so, and actually I use their lunch bag. This year's the first year we all have their, um, the easy lunch boxes, lunch bags, because for us bigger people, it fits two of them inside of one lunch bag. So it's like a whole system in there. And no, they don't pay me to say anything. It's just (laughs) what I use. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then I have other ones that are stainless steel, like LaunchBots. And I have another one this year my kids really like. It's called a Yumbox. Um, And mostly because the the stainless steel ones tend to be expensive. And so when you're packing five lunches, you know, if, if each container is between 60 and 20 bucks and you need like two per person, I mean, it really adds up right? in yeah. spite of being able to use it for a few years when one of the, you know, those easy lunch boxes, they're four for like $15 or something. Yeah. So yeah. if they last a whole school year, I'm happy. And then I can recycle them or, uh, the lid will be lost and I reuse the tray for something mm-hmm. else. So, um, that's what I use for containers. Now, as far as, um, thermoses, um, I have one thermos per person. Because we really, we actually use them, you know, once a week, everybody takes like a thermos lunch. Um, and then my youngest son has like breakfast, eggs or breakfast in a thermos. Um, so I, I, I need the thermoses. And what I do is I just line them up on the counter next to um, the tea kettle. So when I get up and make our coffee, I heat up the water and I preheat the thermoses. So, you know, everything's kind of going as everything goes um, simultaneously. But the key so you to having just hot put food. hot water into the thermos to heat it up first. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. And then so dump it out. Okay. Exactly. I heat it up. I move on with whatever else a million things I'm trying to do in the morning, and then I heat up the food. Now the trick to heating up food in a thermos so it stays hot is to heat it up pretty hot. Whether you're microwaving it or um, heating up soup in a pot, you have to bring it to like a boiling point or a smoking point because um, you know, the food is not, it's not meant to be consumed immediately. It's meant to be consumed, you know, four or five or six hours later. So mm-hmm. if you heat it up really well, um, it'll stay hot. And then I have a post on this on mamables.com on how to do all of this and even the thermosis container. So in the recipe index, it's in the how-to section. 
Okay. Um, I cover all these things, like the details of the thermoses. But yeah, the thermoses are a great inexpensive tool and you can find some of them at Target. I like the stainless steel ones. You know, they're around 10 to $12. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will um, definitely link to that in the show notes because I know that those can be tricky. <laughs> those can be tricky things for people to kind of figure out when they haven't made, you know, such a habit or practice of it like you have. So, and easy lunch, is it just easylunchboxes.com? Is that yes. that website? Yeah. Yep. I'll have to try that stacking too. That didn't even occur to me for some reason, but that's a great solution. And I, I still have them and I use them for other things all the time. Like they make a great, like um, during the summer, they make a great way to like put snacks in yep. the fridge for the kids to pull out and that kind of thing. But exactly. I think I just had a hard time figuring out how to squish a lot of food for like a 16 year old swimmer you yes, know, exactly. into one. <laughs> so. so just buy like the, I, I, this year I bought like their $8 lunch bag. I mean, it's so inexpensive mm-hmm. and it's not like cutesy or anything. Um, mm-hmm. My husband takes one to work and I just stack two of them in there, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's kind of like, you know, probably your 16-year-old swimmer. That's probably the amount of food that yeah. they need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And then I think, um, oh, so that basically that does solve the problem of not having, well, how about cooling? You talked about heating. Yeah. What about cooling? So cooling, um, okay. So I am under the philosophy. I'm not, I am not a um, overly worried parent uh, okay. for a lot of things. So um I don't send raw food to school or anything like that. So my philosophy before I go on to cooling is that if you thoroughly cooked your food when it was prepared and you're using safe ingredients and clean cooking surfaces, like your ca- like most of the time people get sick not from the food but, but from the bacteria that you're yes. using from knives and your in your um, countertop. So um, given that you have like a clean kitchen and using a knife that you didn't contaminate with something else, your food should be okay. Now that said, um, I I live in the South, you know, in New Orleans, outside of New mm. Orleans, so it's pretty hot here most of the year. So we need ice packs, and I like the kind that are um, flat. They almost look like uh, I don't know ice cubes in like a, a sheet. You know, they're like thin sheets. Oh, and I those know fit. Those ones. Okay. Yeah, they're like a dollar something. And you okay? So I have those bookmarked on uh, mamables.com in the store tab because. People ask me all the time, like, which ones fit great in a lunchbox? And I like that because they're flat and they don't take up a lot of room in a lunchbox, in your lunch bag. So they're literally, they're thin. They're almost like um, ice cube trays, more, mm-hmm. but really, um, they're like sheets, literally. And so I place that at the bottom of the lunchbox and I don't really overly worry. I'm more worried about my kids' hands being dirty and touching stuff um, yeah, before okay. putting their food in their mouth than... Um, the food that I've prepared in my clean kitchen um, that's been cooked safely, you know. Um, and then if people have kind of like angst about it, you know, then if it's meant to be really cold, then put in a thermos, you know, like yogurt. Mm-hmm. You can put yogurt in a thermos. You can put egg salad inside of a thermos um, or the hot items like meatballs and things you want to take to school. You just put in a thermos, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't worry too much about that. I'm more worried about the food um, getting contaminated beforehand than when it goes in the lunchbox. Yeah, and we live we live in a northern climate, and it's really only hot like the first month of school and like the last month of school. So right. what I have found works sometimes, I just freeze the juice boxes. Yeah. And when I put a frozen juice box, by the time they get to lunch, it's usually kind of slushy. Yeah. <laughs> and it has kept the lunch pretty cold. And the only time I worry really is I'll make his love mayonnaise. So every now and then I'll make a sandwich with mayonnaise on it. And that's those are the days I kind of freak out a little bit internally about it. But I think, yeah, I think but, you, know, you know. Unless you're making homemade mayonnaise, the reality yeah. is that mayonnaise is shelf stable. You don't even have to refrigerate it because the, the mayonnaise we buy at the store is kind of far from being mayonnaise. So um, most most mayonnaise, if you look in many uh, mayonnaise jars, it doesn't even say refrigerate it after opening. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. So people freak out about the mayonnaise, but it's really not the mayonnaise. Americans have, and I am like not at all like you. I'm not a very um, paranoid food person. Like I let food sit out longer than I'm quote supposed to unquote. And and I just use a lot of common sense, but I think Americans have this paranoia about mayonnaise that has been instilled into us Yeah, (laughs) from like that it's, you know, that's what gets everyone sick at the picnic kind of a thing. Yeah. But mayonnaise hasn't been like our great grandparents mayonnaise for years. Like that's uh, so true. Seriously. Like mayonnaise is a manufactured byproduct of condensed oils and all kinds of stuff. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I have to ask. Oh, go ahead. 
Yeah, I just I think people should breathe a little and just yeah, not, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, and if if you take the paranoia and the and also the um, you know, it's not going to kill our kids to eat a little bit of lukewarm food every now and then. And that's another right. thing that I think we, we get so paranoid about having to have to deliver these meals to our kids at like the perfect what we consider the perfect temperature. But I mean, there's a lot of temperatures that can work. <laughs> For well, the food, truth you know? is, is like when we serve dinner, I always tell parents, okay, how often when you make dinner time, okay, at dinner, do your kids actually sit at the table at the same time? How often is the food hot perfectly? Right. How often is it like chilled the way it's supposed to? Like never. Never. I mean, and, or when yeah. kids are playing, like say, or, or when they go to the park and they're playing and you brought a uh, container of fruit or snacks, mm-hmm. they don't care that the strawberries are room temperature. They're like playing in the park and going like, right. awesome, you know, <laughs> yeah, strawberries. Exactly. Like, yeah, you just yeah, overly yeah, yeah. worry. And I think and I, something I always tell my, my, the community of parents is like, like, let's stop catering so much. I'm not saying caring. I said catering to our mm-hmm. kids' perfectly little needs. It's sort of like we all survived, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you take out some of those um, obstacles right off from the get-go. It just makes the idea of packing a lunch that much more easy because right. if you think about it, uh, most of what of the challenge of packing a lunch isn't really the time it takes because that's kind of negligible to me. Even packing five, you know, it, it's not, it doesn't take that much longer than it took to pack one. It's more like the thought of it. Right. You know, when it's you a, build it up. It's very overwhelming for a lot of people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the building it up. And honestly, I mean, our, every year I do a thing where I start off great with packed lunches yeah. and then by Christmas or so I kind of fall off the wagon for a little while. <laughs> and then I, you know, the kids have hot lunch for a few weeks and then I climb back out of it and, and eventually yeah. start doing it. But this year I just decided like I have to stick with this because it'll be about 300 bucks a month for, if all my kids eat hot lunch every day. Yeah. And then you have the older kids who abuse it and get Gatorades or whatever because they have freedom. They can just get whatever they want. So if I put money on their account, they can use it however they want. I, ca- I can't restrict that. So I can't. I just can't. This year I have to like draw the line in the sand <laughs> and just say to myself, I'm going to do this all year long. And there's not going to be that day where I feel lazy and say, oh, just get hot lunch today. Because that just opens up a whole can of worms, in my fa- at least in my family, where once I do it once, it's like, you know, the slippery slope, I start falling down and it's just a lot. So I'm, I'm definitely like committed this year to sticking with it. I should probably subscribe to mama, mama bowls again. You should. And, uh, it's totally yeah. different than from when you first got it a long time ago. Yeah. Awesome. So I want to back up a little bit because I want to talk about your new book and your mm-hmm. recent food network, um, your food network appearance and all that kind of good stuff. But I want to sort of talk about you for a few minutes and how you ended up in this very interesting niche of um, helping parents, you know, with school lunches specifically, but then maybe also how you got into food writing and, and being a, um, a food expert in the first place. So if you can just give me a little bit of your background, that'd be great. Sure. So I actually, I'm a, totally the opposite of what I do. My background is uh, in global economics and I have an MBA. Okay. So I work the corporate world. And um, when basically a short story is that when I had my first child, um, she's eight now. So I decided to stay home and raise her kids, uh, at least, uh, you know, at least her, because we, you know, I mean, I don't know if you set out to have that many, but I only had set out to have one or two. And um, so I stayed home. And when she, shortly after um, I had my second child, so that was kind of an overwhelming process because they're only 15 months apart. So like many parents, I was sleep deprived. And, you know, I looked out for activities and things to do. And um, with them. So we went to a library a lot. And, um, I often, while they looked at books and we read books, I looked at kids food books because, um, you know, the, the internet wasn't like it is seven today, seven years ago, there was no Pinterest, there weren't blogs, you know, if you wanted family food, you went to the cook to the bookstore and looked at the cookbooks. And Mm -hmm. so, um, that was where my kids started being picky eaters. She was about three and my son was like 18 months. And, um, you know, I was like lost for ideas. And so um, I started kind of trying things with my kids. And then my daughter started a preschool program that was two days a week. Um, And I was so excited to pack her lunch because in my mind, I had this idea of packing these perfect little lunches with a whole bunch of variety and fruits and vegetables Mm. and all the cool things that we know they should eat. But then the lunches would come home and be uneaten or, yeah. um, and so she would say, she would tell me things like it was mushy, it was soggy. 
uh, veggies not good, you know, like however she could explain, like, you know, at, at the age of three and four. Um, so I learned very quickly that how it's not so much about like the food that I pack, but how I packed it in there uh, was super important for kids to make it visually appealing, um, to separate the food so they don't get mushy. So um, how do you know, like all the things that we you know, we just talked about earlier, like that I help parents figure out the logistics of um, making sure the food arrives, you know, appealing um, and say in a safe temperature and all that, like those are the things that I struggled with and I had to learn for myself. So um, in addition to, you know, creating recipes. So um, I started to uh, make different things like use leftovers, you know, like, you know, like I, in my mind was like, if she ate it the night before, surely she should not have a problem eating it, you know, for school as a school lunch, you know, like, mm. um, like, there's nothing different between dinner and lunch. Okay. Like lunches, like I stopped thinking that lunches were sandwiches. Like, okay, why not send pastas? Why not send mm. this and that? And everything that you, you stew, who cares? You put it in a thermos, you know? Um, so I basically stopped limiting myself to, uh, the, the traditional parameters of lunch equals a sandwich, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I, I realized that I had so many possibilities and I was kind of excited. And then, um, I started my personal blog, uh, Super Glue Mom, which I think is kind of how a lot of uh, the blogging, I, I kind of started blogging because of that. Um, I started my personal blog to show pictures of my kids growing up and tell or my stories with my family and friends back, um, back in Spain and in California. Instead of sending emails, it was more efficient to just write a blog post. Right. And then um, anytime I wrote a blog post about food or what we ate or a recipe, people came to my site and I was thinking like, wow, or anytime I explain a new way of packing something, especially school lunch, um, my traffic would increase. And I, and I thought like, wow, people really are struggling with or wow, people really um, need help with this. And so um, I, that for the next two years, I kind of created recipes and, you know, mentally kind of geared up for the thought of like, wow, once my, my two kids start preschool, I will have all this time, you know, five days a week mm-hmm. from like nine to two. It's like amazing. I could do something, you know? Um, and so I think it's kind of like a fantasy world I was living, but neither, <laughs> never, you know, like cause nine to two is not that much time. Uh, tell that to any parent that's listening. Right. Um, right. so I started creating recipes and I thought, you know, I, like the, the parents in my daughter's class were like, Oh, you're the mom that makes pancake sandwiches. Like, Oh, what about that pizza salad you sent the other day? And like, do you have a recipe for that? And so people, it's like a whole bunch of things were happening at the same time where people were asking for help and how I was doing it and how I was planning it into our, uh, you know, into our family life to cook dinner and lunch and be, be homemade, you know, what were my kitchen shortcuts? So I started creating recipes that I could share with my daughter's um, classmates, like their parents. And I would send out an email like once a week and then I sort of thought, wow, this is like something people really need. And um, so then I came up with the concept of the name of Mama Bowls. I trademark all that. You know, here's like the business part of me, you know, really kind of got that going. And at first, you know, I launched for about six months just putting it Mama Bowls as a blog with the resources and free recipes before I really put together the meal plan and everything else. Um, because, um, you know, all of our, nearly all our meals are photographed. So that takes a lot of time. And, you know, it's not just stuff that I come up with, we have to photograph it, because we want to show people exactly um, what how it's packed, or how what it looks like, just like a good cookbook, you know, you tend to make those recipes are photographed. Um, So my approach was the same. And now just to interrupt you really quickly, are you a photographer? But I mean, do you have a background? Or does somebody else do that for you? No, I just, I started with you my, my, yeah, I just learned, you know, I, <laughs> that's been a, that's been a sticking point for me. I have to say <laughs> it's, it's not the easiest to learn photography, yeah. but like, I mean, it's lunch is not this intricate recipes. Um, right. Like, so I would just put in right next to a window and mm. like photograph the food in the container. Like uh, somebody told me that lighting is everything. It makes everything appealing. So I'm like, you know, I just focus on like having natural light and we go from okay. there, but I did teach myself eventually um, I took, I've taken photography courses and stuff. So the, you know, so you now the photography, because now I photograph a lot of things that go for on, um, on my personal blog and magazines and things mm. like that. Or if I just, you know, if I don't have time, 
um, I contracted out for like, uh, for project work. So, you know, I don't try pretend to do everything. Right. Um, I, I do everything in the world of food, but when it comes to photography, if it's for a magazine or my cookbook, you know, um, I hire it out, but, um, so yeah, so I really, I started, I launched Mama Bowls. It became successful, um, from like the blogging standpoint, people just came to it and, um, shared the recipes, um, the, the meal plan, uh, sales, um, were slow start. And, Mm -hmm. um, because I think parents often think of lunch as like something secondary, like we focus on dinner so much, um, that like, we just think like, Oh, dinner is so important. But I, I feel that lunch is like a third of the food my kids consume and they don't even consume it at home. So I don't have control over it or right. input unless I pack it. So for me, lunch is more important. And I don't want to place all this pressure on dinner being the nutritious meal of the day. You know, yeah. um, that's a lot of pressure because our kids are also tired when they get home to eat dinner. They oftentimes don't feel like trying new stuff. They don't want to eat their vegetables. So I'd rather just not fight it at dinner and provide a lot of nutrition in lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and so a lot of what I do is educating parents on why lunch is important, not just um, like we all need dinner help, but why is lunch important as well? Well, it's like a, it's over a third of what our kids. If you, your kids are out, like in preschool, they're eating breakfast and lunch. Like my youngest eats nearly eighty percent of his food outside the home. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, like it's super important that he gets my um, my homemade meals, and I actually. Um, opted him out of the the food program that they serve at the um, preschool and I send him all his meals so every morning it would be a lot easier for to let them feed my feed him but it's like pop tarts daily for snacks yeah. and snack and then just like the breakfast it's it's funny to me that the breakfasts tend to be worse than the lunches I think I mean there's so much oh, focus yeah. on l- school lunches but um, those have been improving and I think even you know my experience you can usually find something there's like salad bar or something. Yeah. But breakfast is like sugar cereal. Totally. So, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. So it's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, um, so I send them everything. And yeah. um, so Mama Bulls became, you know, it was growing. And um, a publisher found me because they were looking for a kid's food expert um, last year. I can't believe it's just this recent, even though it seems like years ago. Um, last April of 2013 or March or April, they contacted me to see if I'd be interested in writing a cookbook. And, and I'm thinking like, how hard can a cookbook be? You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like, I have a ton of recipes out there. I could just put them together, create new ones. Oh my gosh. That was like writing a cookbook is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, because it's quite technical. There's a lot of testing that goes into it. There's a lot of editing and, um, but I felt like it w- a cookbook would be just an awesome resource to have like a companion, not just to the meal plans, but like I remember myself, like when the, before the internet, going to Barnes and Noble and scouring like the parenting section and the food section and the mm. kids' cookbooks and the kids' food books are out there. They're either written by a nutritionist, which is no offense if you're a nutritionist. It's just that, you know, they're very um, overwhelming for the majority yeah. of parents about like, the perfect measure and the perfect balance. Yeah. When my philosophy has always been do your best, use the best ingredients you can and we'll figure out the rest. And here's Mm -hmm. some shortcuts where you can use real food. And, you know, so it's sort of like, I want to practice. I wanted to create a practical guide for every parent so they can feed their kid real food and that not just, okay, it's 30% vegetables and 20% protein and this, like, I didn't want that. I wanted, here's a whole bunch of recipes. Here's some kitchen shortcuts. Um, organize it and then make it visually appealing for both kids and adults alike. Um, and really, like, almost think about it as, like, a kitchen guide for new, like, I wanted something that parents could gift each other. Like, you know, we all gift parenting books, but why not gift, like, a cooking guide, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, whether you have kids entering preschool through high school, you know, like, I wanted something that, you know, your friend could gift somebody or your mother-in-law could gift you um, when your kids go to school for, you know, and you're going to pack lunches for the first time. And so um, a lot of my philosophies about food and packing and doing the best you can are in the cookbook. And um, it's been really successful since um, it just um, launched. So, I mean, and it's, it's just, called The Very Best 
kids lunch. Okay, tell me because I always forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's called um, the best homemade the best lunches on the planet. Button. Yeah. Okay. I knew it had some superlatives in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a long title, months. and I actually—I mean, I'm so embarrassed to admit that I wrote the title wrong for the longest time because there was like so many words to remember. I used um, to have to put my books in front, and when I would do an interview, I'd have to put my books in front of me because they always give them these crazy long subtitles. <laughs> yeah. So I would, if I was afraid that I'd mess it up if I didn't. I did the know, same thing until I finally like me. ingrained. I totally, yeah. I get it. So um, anyway, so there's a cookbook and. Uh, you know, and thanks to the world of Pinterest and uh, just, you know, like my recipes are everywhere. Like I've mm-hmm. repeated things from like Pop-Tarts to to Velveeta and uh, yeah, on a, as well for Mamable. Yeah. So um, last December, December? Yeah, November or December, uh, Food Network contacted me to see if I'd be interested in auditioning for a show that's essentially, it's, it's called Rewrapped and it's uh-huh. a competition. Think of it as like chopped, but 30 minutes, so each episode, and where you remake snacks. And they had found my Pop-Tart uh, recipe, and so they were they wanted to know if I had ever remade other things. And I'm just thinking, like, are you serious? I'm like, from from Velveeta to Oreos to Pop-Tarts to mm-hmm. Wheat Thins, like, you name it. If it's in a box, I've, I've tried to make it. Um, so I don't know. I auditioned, and I guess I passed the test, and then I we recorded uh, this winter, and the episode went live, aired um, July seventh, and so, um, and I competed against a chef and another um, blogger and and culinary uh, somebody that teaches food uh, classes and such, and I won, and I couldn't believe it. That's amazing. Yeah, I, like I'm thinking, like, wait, what? Like the mom next door wins. Like, <laughs> I make sandwiches for a living and make kids food, but um, it just really, and I, you know, I was happy because it just shows that simple food, real food, like just all the way, you know. So tell um, us about your winning, your winning food. Yeah, so I won there on Food Network, and um, it's just been a great experience. Taping the show was fun. I mean, it was really my first. Um, experience now you've been on on like uh national tv shows and like morning shows and stuff so you know what it's like but I had never entered a studio in my life uh you know I've done I get the feeling there's a bit of a difference between the stuff I've done which is like a two minute in and out and a competition show though I mean that looks intense and you didn't know going in what you were going to make right like you have to yeah you go in and you're like okay um you're they present you with the challenge of remaking. Um, we remade uh, Weiss cheese waffles, which are um, these w- crispy waffles filled with cheese. Um, okay. So we went in, and I just kind of had to think of it. Okay, I have to think. I'm no chef that can come up with things on the fly. Like I don't have any culinary training. Like I just I know how to make a lot of recipes from simple ingredients. So um, I just went in it as like, okay, let me pretend that they are. Um, ice cream cone waffles. So I try to re- kind of mm-hmm. recreate it like that. And then I copied, I created my own cheese mixture. Um, and so that went okay. And then I, um, for the other half, we had to use the original bagged um, version in like a recipe. So I know how to make waffles really well. So, and sandwiches. So I rec- I use their, um, their cheese waffle things to use. Um, I use them in my waffle batter to create like a savory waffle, like a cheese waffle. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I made like a Monte Cristo sandwich out of the waffle and um, I won because of presentation. Uh, it, it was a tie and then the tiebreaker was presentation. And so again, it goes back to having a lot of practice making food appealing. I think um, how you plate it or how you put it in a lunchbox is essentially the same. I think, you know, we eat with our yeah. eyes. Yeah, that's really true. So that was and, a great experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And have, have uh, people found you through that show? Have you gotten, you know, people who didn't know about you before now kind of showing up at your site? And uh, has it done something for you in that way? Well, I mean, I don't think my website blew up overnight because of it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> by all means. Um, I do have some people in the Mobiles community who, you know, did say, hey, I'm here because I saw you in Rewrapped and I was curious what Mobiles is. Um, yeah. You know, so that's, it's nice to know that, you know, the appearance wasn't in vain. And then of course, you know, like you tell people, yeah, I'm a cookbook author. I, I went on Food Network and they're like, and are you a chef? And I'm like, no, I'm just a mom of three. I drive a minivan, you know, like, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's kind of great to have these accomplishments from like the professional side, but at the end of the day, like they haven't really changed who I am. Yeah. Like, uh, I've not like 
hired a PR team and to capitalize on it. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, probably, maybe I should have, but financially, uh, it's just not a right. you know, option. So I just kind of keep doing what I'm doing. Um, and then after this first cookbook, um, I've this summer, in addition to everything else, of course, um, I wrote, a, I've written a second cookbook. It's all about snacks and that will be launched oh. next year. Yeah. So it's sort of top secret. So everybody always like, oh my gosh, we need more of your recipes. You know, once you go yeah. to the first cookbook, they're like, what about snacks? You know, there's only a few in the back, you know, I'm like, okay, there's like 30, but okay. <laughs> you know, uh, if you want more, I'll write, how about 200, you know? Yeah. So I just finished a, um, a second cookbook for snacks. And I really, I think this is it for a while as far as cookbook writing goes, because they're, it's the most intense uh, three months of my life, and yes. it's quite nightmarish. Um, and it doesn't itself. end when the when you're done writing the book either. I mean, no, that's just gosh, that's no. just one part. <laughs> yeah, no. Like last night, I was up till like midnight uh, doing the first round of edits. Uh, yep. Because they're due, like they were due this morning. So you know, um, so and then you know the prints come in and all a whole bunch of stuff and then layout and so. It's definitely, you know, there's, it, it gave me a whole appreciation for the work that other people have done for all of us to put out cookbooks and right. to inspire us in the kitchen. Um, it really gave me a whole new appreciation for the things that other people have done. Well, and then, you know, then there's a the promotion stage, which is, oh. is intense. And especially if you're um, already running a business. It's not like you can just make book promotion your whole full-time job. You still right. have other stuff to do. Exactly. So it's tricky. It's really tricky. Yeah. And then, you know, people are like, oh, what about book signings and this and that? And yeah. I'm like, wait, what? I mean, like, they don't, you know, there's so many things. Like, I would love to do a 10-city a ten book signing tour, but I don't know where their money is going to come from, you know? So, yeah. Like, And I think that nowadays, too, it's just... I think in, in some cases that still works, but I think that that ship has sort of sailed for most right. of us authors. It's like we need to reach more people more efficiently. Yeah. Online is such a great way. I it think. is. It really has changed. It's changed the game for everybody. And it's made it possible, you know, for people like you and me mm -hmm. raising our kids and, um, you know, more or less at home to be able to launch these businesses. It's awesome. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't have even dreamed of that 20 years ago. Oh, totally. I wouldn't, I'd certainly not, you know, so I'd probably still be working the corp. I would put my kids in school and go back to work yeah. and go, you know, at an office like I was doing mm -hmm. before. So I think this is technology has allowed many of us moms to really rethink what we want to do with our lives right. and find mm -hmm. purpose, um, be happier, you know, I, for me anyway, like I just, I live thinking I'm so I'm I'm so happy and thankful that I can do something that I love every single day. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, and and you know, for a lot of people, the corporate world is where they want to be, and that's yeah. great. Um, oh no, that's where I for was me, before. So yeah, you know. for me, it's Fine. not. I mean, and I even thought about it this year. You know, my kids are in school now, and I thought, gee, maybe you know, I, I always like to keep all my options open. So I thought, gee, maybe I'd actually go back into the real workforce, like work at a building or something, you know? And right. I thought about that for about a day and I'm like, uh, no, I'd rather just use the time to take what I'm already doing and improve on it because I, I know where I want to be and um, where I don't want to be. And it's just, just personal preference, but I love that how many options we have available to us now. That's great. So I, we will just have a few more minutes, Laura, but I definitely want to talk, now that you've brought up snacks, I'm very intrigued. Um, I know you can't talk too much about the book, but I would love to hear sort of how you handle snacking, um, not at home so much because I think that's a little easier, but when you pack snacks, this is probably a bigger challenge for me, honestly, than, um, than lunches because the teachers in our school at least are sort of specific about what they don't want. They don't want things that are messy, that you know require utensils, which I understand because the kids yep. are eating it at their desk. Um, they want it to be healthy, although I have to say I think that the teacher's idea of what's healthy and mine often differ. Like they seem to think that you know, fruit snacks are healthy or something. I mean, it's just not all of them, but there, I've found some weird ideas about what constitutes a healthy snack. And then also the food allergy thing, because at least in the, at our school anyway, um, your child can bring something to school for lunch that has nuts or whatever in it. And if that's a problem, they have to sit at a separate table, but it's not going to like, it's not going to be the end of the world, but for snacks, it has to fall. And so I've had not just peanuts, but all nuts, you know, yeah. in some classes. And it's not always the same from kid to kid. So one class, he could have, you know, nuts, but not tree nuts. And one class, no nuts. And then one class right. can't have this or that. It's so anyway, I'm rambling now, but you see the problem. I'm sure you hear about this stuff all, all the time. time. Yeah. All the time. And, you know, a lot of parents freak out because they change, you know, schools change their policies to where they're like, now they're all, all nut free, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And the thing is, like, I want people to understand that, like, a nut allergy is a serious, serious allergy. And if it was my kid, I would be that parent, you know, standing in front of the school with a big white picket sign saying, right. no, no nuts. Because I have seen it. You know, I have seen a reaction and like the ambulance cannot get there fast enough. So I No, I absolutely agree. Especially with especially with um nuts. peanut allergies yeah, and yeah. you know, tree nuts. It's it's a serious thing and I don't wanna be that person who's grumpy about not totally. being able to give my kids peanut butter crackers. I mean, no, I don't want to no, be that no. person. I just want a solution. Right. You know? and I, but the thing is, is like I have, you know, I receive a lot of emails from angry parents who are like, now what? You know what I'm going to yeah. do? And then, but of course I don't go into explaining. I just, you know, I know how one can be lost in like, now what? So, right. um, okay. So number one, there's a lot of um, not free alternative butters. If you're stuck at like the whole peanut butter, there's like sunflower butter, soy butter, and... Um, and there's one, it's like yellow pea butter. Um, mm, it's called like moon nut butter. It's, it's okay. really good. Um, What's it taste like? Like what is the Oh flavor? my gosh, that's the best one. And, and seriously, it's, it's um, I think it's on, the only place to get it is Amazon unless you live in Canada. What is it uh, called now? It's called no nut butter. No nut butter. I will put a link to this in the show notes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll send it to you by email so you can have it on the okay. show notes. But um, yeah, so that's by far the best tasting one I found. And you can use those... Um, nut butter substitutes, substitutions or substitutes uh, in baking. So any of these granola bars and recipes that you see online and we're like, oh, great. And then we're like, oh, it has peanut butter. Right. You can use the nut butter alternative. So and most of the time, it doesn't taste any different. Um, it, it, some of them have different flavor. Yeah, it kind of tastes a little odd. But um, when you bake with it for other things, it's totally um, – it's uh, – it's, it's not, it doesn't happen. And so yeah. as far as snacks, I'm uh, classroom. Some schools have the whole snacking policy of can't be homemade foods. It has to be prepackaged. Yeah. And that's really sad. Um, but so, you know, if you, if that's your school, try to find, you know, things like a healthier cracker that are single serve or cheese and mm -hmm. crackers, try to not have it peanuts. Um, and, and as well as classroom treats, you know, like, you know, so many candies come with, uh, so many candies come with nuts in it, you know, so they're right. kind of dangerous um, as well. So I just opt out for like usually like gummies or chocolate. And usually schools don't want chocolate because they melt. So like gummy stuff and yeah. things that are not um, or lollipops, although, you know, my, my kids have the most boring uh, treats that they bring to school, you know, raisin <laughs> bags and stuff. Right. Um, so that's one. And then, of course, if you can bring homemade things, um, do things like fruit. Um, I, I've brought like cheese sticks and I throw cheese sticks in the freezer. So instead of in the refrigerator, they're always in the freezer. Um, so I send them to school frozen. So they're kind of like their own ice pack and then they're, that's cool. that's they're so cold. cold. That way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're cold that way and they don't get all slimy. So I send cheese sticks. I, um, I bake, uh, I have a mini cupcake, one of those mini cupcake, uh, pans that I use mm -hmm. for everything. And so that's like a great bite-sized, um, everything, you know, brownies, anything you want to make homemade, you can use that and they're bite-sized and teachers love that. Um, but yeah, in the back of my current cookbook, there's like a whole list of classroom snacks that mm -hmm. they're just ideas and combinations from the book, uh, plus other things you might have in your kitchen. But in that snacking, um, and then in the second book, I really, I try to push snacking and what we think of snacking. Uh, I push those limits a little, you know, um, yeah. Because I just don't think things we just don't have enough. Um, we we lack creativity, and so that was this was a really hard book to come up with, like hundred two hundred plus snacks. Yeah, I could see that, and you know sometimes for me I have to say too though it. it uh, sometimes it, we can overthink stuff a little bit and right. on a busy morning, there's nothing wrong with me handing my kid an apple and saying, that's your snack. Right. <laughs> and they look at me like, wait, but it's not packaged. It's not, in, not it's not sliced. It's not inside anything. And I say, you have teeth. I know. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding? It has <laughs> packaging right there. Right. Exactly. It's got a peel on it. Yeah. You know, I forgot to ask you yeah. earlier if you um, often end up packing lunch or uh, leftovers for lunch. I pack leftovers all the time. Like all so that probably totally helps you with um, leftover management. Yeah. So part of the um, the mama and I gotten used to it, but part of the mama's meal plan is sort of use, utilizing leftovers. Mm -hmm. So like people look at me and go like, "How am I going to make a pasta salad at seven a.m.?" And I'm like, "No, you're going to make extra pasta for dinner, yeah. and then save some." And and usually I I tend to tell par I tell parents that if you have teenagers or 
especially, um, try to save what you need for the next day before you put out the food. Mm, because that's a really good idea. They'll just eat it all. Otherwise, like it's sort of like it's no no limits, you know. Right. And yeah. I'm not saying deprive them of food. It's like you're gonna you probably already accounted for what your teenagers will eat, but they have bigger. They eat with their eyes and they have bigger appetites than we think. So yeah. what I do yeah. is I I take the portion that I need for the next day and put that away. Um, and I pack it or set it on the side before I, we even serve it out for dinner. So I utilize I sort of like pre leftover management. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then things that I have one single little serving, like two nights ago, I had like that sad, sad serving of like taco <laughs> meat that was left over. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> hardly any, yes. Yeah. Barely to make one taco and so sad. No one wants it, you know? So I'll use that for my office lunches. Uh, like I'll put that on a salad or like mix it in with something else. And so yeah. I- I'm more like the leftover garbage disposal than my, <laughs> but I'm not as picky. Yeah. Love it. Well, we have to wrap up. This actually went a little long, but I didn't want to stop talking because this was great. Um, Laura, tell everyone where they can find your book and they can find you at mommables.com. Is that yeah, where you mostly hang out these days? That's where mostly I hang out. I, okay. 24-7. I'm over at mommables.com. And the, the link to where to purchase the book is also on the website, but you can purchase where you know all the books are sold, Amazon and um, Barnes & Noble. You okay. can also find me on on iTunes at Momables Radio. We have like oh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the podcast. Okay. Goodness, I know. Um, <laughs> so you can find me there because I I talk about all of these parenting issues and struggling at the dinner table and packing lunches and feeding teenage girls and oh god, I'm, we have one coming out on how to feed teenage boys. So all of these things that we parents have questions about, like in pe- feeding our kids and managing everything, mm-hmm. they're they're as you know, podcasts are a great way to uh, make that information portable. Um, so yes. mostly that's, that's a great place to go. And then on YouTube, I just launched our YouTube channel as well. So we have videos coming out every week on, you know, easy recipes for parents. Awesome. Well, I will leave links to all of those things in the show notes. So, um, you'll be able to find all that. And Laura, it has been so great talking to you. Thank you so thank, much. Thank you so much for having me on Megan. Thanks so much for listening to episode 35 of the Home Hour podcast. Like always, if you want to find links to some of the things that Laura Fuentes and I talked about today, you can go to the show notes. The show notes for this episode are at thehappiesthome.com backslash episode 35. That's just episode 35. Um, We talked about a lot of different things. There's some recipes and there's going to be a link to Mama Bowls and also information about how to enter the contest to win a three-month subscription to mamabowls.com. That is a $24 value, and you're really going to want it, especially if um, you have a hard time coming up with creative lunch ideas. I know I tend to pack a lot of sandwiches and granola bars and things like that, and she just really helps you kind of break out of that and make school lunches a little more interesting. So again, check out the show notes. Um, Again, if you would be willing to leave a rating or a review or subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, that would really help me out. I have directions on how to do that in every um, show notes page because I know it's actually not that easy to figure out. So just check out the show notes at thehappiesthome.com backslash episode 35. Okay, that's all for this week. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Thanks so much and I'll see you then.